The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Oh, that was loud. Uh, we'll call the meeting to order. Now it is 6 p.m. Uh, so we'll, and everybody can, is, everybody is good with the agenda? You can see everything okay? Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll still start off as usual and do uh, roll call. Um, so I know it's not on our uh, current agenda the way it, it was in the old one, so I'm going to sneak and use the old one just, to, just so I, I don't forget anyone. Uh, so uh, Fred Edison? Here. Uh, Regina Gorham? Here. Kyle Hibbard? Just arrived. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Lene Powell-Wilson? Here. Uh, and so Patrick uh, emailed Luis and I, uh, he's not going to be able to make it tonight, and uh, we just need a um, motion to approve and uh, an absence for him. I'll move to approve an absence for Catherine. All right. Thank you, Catherine. And a second? Second. All right. Uh, and then we've got Ryan Walker. Present. And Catherine White. All right, wonderful. Uh, so next, uh, adoption of agenda. Were there any updates, additions from anyone uh, that anybody saw or Luis that have come in in the meantime? Yeah, just something that I neglected to put on the packet. Uh, Caitlin Humes is here with us today from Community Homeworks to prevent, uh, present an uh, end of year report about the O'Connor Fund grant. Um, awesome. So if we could add that on there. Um, would you like to put that between the adoption of the agenda or do you want to put it after the approval of minutes or do you want to do it before approval of minutes? Uh, we should do it before. Okay. All right. 
Uh, motion to approve the agenda as amended. So moved. All right. Second. Second. I second. All right. I heard Fred first, but Lene used her microphone. <laughs> Mic's on. Oh, it is on. Okay. I heard you before. I just spoke too soft. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then that means you're up. <laughs> I do have uh, copies of um, the end of year report for everyone. Um, so is it okay if I hand it out to you guys? Yeah, or? I can come down and get them so you oh. don't, if, I'll come get them from you. Okay, okay. <laughs> thank you. So first, I'd just like to uh, thank everybody on behalf of Community Homeworks. Um, we really appreciate um, you guys having faith in us to um, kind of uh, walk this pilot program out. Um, and uh, we, we had some really positive results and really positive um, feedback to share with you guys. So, but first we wanted to start off saying thank you. Um, so we recognize that there's a strong intersectionality between historic preservation and what we do, which is critical home repair services. And um, most of the homes that we serve here in Kalamazoo are usually between 70 and 110 years old. And so it seems like this was a perfect match um, for us to partner in some way. So again, we can't thank you enough for trusting us. Um, we are proud to report that we did uh, meet our goal. Um, the goal was to serve five households with um, the $10,000 from the O'Connor Fund. So we did meet that. Um, the earliest home that we served was built in 1911. Um, so it was a, uh, there were uh, a, a lot of just wear and tear that I know the homeowner really appreciated once we were able to connect with them. Um, they were, they thought this was the coolest thing and were like, hey, however um, I can help if I need to share my story or anything, they were just so willing and so appreciative of this. So um, there's another thank you <laughs> for that as well. Um, the average age of the five homes that uh, we served after we calculated was 92 years old. Um, we were able to serve three households on uh, the north side and uh, two households in the Edison South Side neighborhood. Um, uh, the really great thing about the O'Connor Fund, um, through Community Homeworks, we do use a lot of federal funds. Um, there's a lot of red tape with that. With the O'Connor Fund, it really presented a, a great opportunity for us to leverage those funds with other unrestricted funds that we had. And so having that um, 10 grand there that we were able to, to combine um, really had quite the impact on homes. Um, so we're hoping we can continue to do more of that in the future. Um, uh, another really great thing <laughs> that happened, it just seemed like everything was happening at the same time, um, but we were able to get some really great exposure about this grant too. Encore Magazine actually did an article about us, which was perfect timing, but it was just really cool uh, to have that opportunity to share that with the community. And there have been so many people um, who have come up to us at community events or just staff members, like, you work at Community Homeworks, right? 
like tell me more about what you do. So it really opened the door to have that conversation and um, talk about an issue that I don't think a lot of people realized was an issue for um, uh, families here in Kalamazoo living in, in older homes. Um, and then we uh, want to thank Louise as well. You did an interview with us um, last year, and uh, that was one of our top viewed YouTube videos. <laughs> and so it was great. Um, we got tons of questions, and just it opened really good dialogue for the community. So we appreciate you making time for that. But um, it's again just bringing something to the surface that people didn't realize was an issue. So um, we we really appreciate that. Um, so you'll find in the report, um, we put in um, kind of our outcomes for 2022, including um, the outcomes for the um, O'Connor Fund. So I believe it is on page five. Um, you'll see the detailed breakdown of um, the uh, years of the homes built. There's stories there too for each uh, individual home. Um, and we did get permission from each of the homeowners to share um, without putting personal information on there. But um, uh, they, um, again, were very supportive of just getting the word out there about this. Um, so they are willing to share their stories with us. Um, let's see what else is here. Um, I believe that is all that I have. Um, I do want to open it up if you guys have any questions. Um, I'm here to answer questions, or if you think of anything um, after the fact to um, just reaching out to us at Community Homeworks, we're willing to sit down and talk to anybody, um, but we're hoping that we can continue this partnership going forward. So thank you. <laughs> what were some of the, of the repairs that were done? Yeah, so we did um, it's really uh, a little bit of everything. There were uh, a really extensive plumbing repair. There was a family that was not able to use their only bathroom. There was literally no running water. Um, just they turned it on and it was just a drip, not even a steady stream. And uh, so we were able to take care of a, a tub and shower repair um, utilizing this grant so that they could um, bathe in their home. Um, we were able to do some uh, HVAC um, repairs, so like furnace and water heater repairs, um, some electrical work. Um, there was a, a really large project where the O'Connor Fund uh, really helped with this because we had to be creative um, on how we were going to get this family heat. But there was an old diesel furnace um, that was in a home and it was blowing soot all over the house. Um, and uh, not only were they without heat, but they had just had a newborn baby. And um, the mom and the child had to couch surf for a couple months because you couldn't be in a home with no heat. Um, and then with just the air quality in there, it was um, it was quite the scene. Um, but with it being a diesel furnace, it wasn't just a simple, let's replace the furnace. We had to get them gas lines. We had to clean up all the soot. Um, it, was, it took quite a bit of coordination, um, but uh, the O'Connor Fund was instrumental in that um, so that we were able to utilize that to take care of one of the pieces so that we could keep moving forward um, in that project. Um, then we also did some uh, some carpentry work, both interior and exterior. In exterior, um, there were a couple window repairs and porch repairs, and then some like indoor st stair repairs as well. Mm -hmm. oh, you know what? Go for it. 
Um, thank you so much. It's so yeah, great. Thanks. I love getting this this packet. It's wonderful to see what kind of what came of the funds, and it <laughs> sounds like it was a pretty good fit for us and for you guys mm -hmm. as well. Um, is there anything looking at the funds future? We're hoping to do more things like this. Is there anything that would have made the process easier for you? Um, honestly, uh, no. It okay. was uh, it was a really easy process because even the approval process, we just uh, had a form to fill out sent it to Louise, he asked any questions if we needed to clarify anything, and then within, usually it was a couple days, um, he'd have that approval right back to us, so we were still able to move really quickly with these projects as well. And then I can't stress enough just having access to those unrestricted funds, it really is a game changer for a lot of the families that we serve, whether it's time and then just not having to, um, or being able to combine, combine it with other funds to leverage and complete a larger project. Great, okay, well, great. It was the first time we did it, and yeah. it worked well. So thank you so much. No, of course, of course. So, I refreshed my memory, because I wasn't, I can't, okay. I'm half, yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you, how did you get the people's names and, and the candidates for it, and what were some of the, did, did you have a, a large number of specific things that, that were needed um, and like kind of a cost thing? Yeah, um, well, the way that we got the names, it um, we have a critical home repair program, and so a lot of the families that we were already like planning to serve and had completed our application um, were good candidates for this funding as well. Because, um, um, like I mentioned before, it's uh, all of the homes that we serve are between like 70 and 110 years old. I think I can. There's been two or three homes that have um, not fit um, within that that timeline. Um, but uh, that's the way that we kind of got connected with them, and then our team kind of decides what funding we use for each project, and so. Um, it wasn't like the homeowner applied and was like, I want you to use O'Connor funds on, on my home. Um, as a staff, we made that decision. And then what was the second part of your question? I apologize. Well, I just wanted to know um, for future. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you had a lot of, if you have a lot of um, HVAC issues, mm -hmm. um, obviously they're more expensive, but um, were you using the grants that you were receiving and just like if you have 50 cents over, you would put in the O'Connor fund to make up that difference so that you could finish a whole project? Uh, not usually. With the O'Connor funds, we were more intentional about, like during our meetings, we would say, okay, this is uh, the repair estimate that we have. It's gonna be $1,800 to complete this home. And then we'd decide from there if, uh, like, do we want to use all $1,800 from the O'Connor Fund to complete this project, or do we want to combine it? So with some of the larger ones, if it was over something where we still wanted to meet that um, goal of five homes, uh, we would just have that conversation and see if we needed to move it around any certain way to, to fill the difference. But I think it was kind of, we were creative with it, so just however we needed to make it work and utilize the funds, um, we just tried to, tried to make it work. I can really appreciate that and um, you know happy to hear that you know you didn't earmark it just for specific things mm -hmm. and you kind of spread it out so um, thank you for that and um, thank you for helping 
you know, those in need, so. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, for recognizing the, the issue and helping to fill that gap. I keep hitting the mic, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, there's such a, um, I think for a long time, uh, there's been that gap between um, uh, family staying in historic homes, but not knowing where to turn. And then sometimes there could be like under the table work being done or something. And so to have this here where people are getting um, like, reputable work done. Uh, we're using all licensed and insured contractors um, and making sure that we're following the specs um, that are given. It's a really good outlet so that we can make sure people are taking care of their homes as well, or able to take care of their homes. Any other questions? <laughs> I was gonna say another thank you. Um, and also, um, it, or it seems like from, and I've, I've the Encore article is great, love it. Uh, but it seems like this, these projects on the five houses, while it's not a ton of houses, might represent kind of roughly what you see when you're getting applications for the home repairs. Would that be about right, that that's kind of the span? Absolutely. Um, we see a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, anywhere from now with the, it's getting a little bit warmer outside, but the cooler weather is where we get a lot of like no heat and no hot water calls. And um, so that's what we've really been tackling the last uh, few months. But the spectrum is, is so huge on the types of repairs that uh, people apply for through us. Yeah. Did, did anybody else have any other questions? I have one, I'm sorry. Oh, no, don't be sorry. <laughs> so um, what's, What's, how many of these calls are, are going unanswered because of lack of funds? Um, I know, I'm sure it varies, and it's a hard question. Yeah, we've um, been really intentional the last, um, I would say like two to three years of making sure that we've got funding throughout the year so that there's no gaps in services. And so um, I think uh, before those three years, uh, we really had one funding source, and so when that was out, yeah, we uh, would just have to put people on a waiting list, say, hey, we'll call you when we get, get more funds. But um, again, we've been really intentional about um, not having gaps in services. So starting these pilot grants and figuring out like how to fill those gaps so that we've got a continuous uh, service availability throughout the whole year. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Great, um, okay. And so the last couple of years that hasn't happened, which has been really great. Well, great job to you guys. That's pretty incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And as many of the commissioners have said already, uh, thanks for all the work that you do. I'm sure that Pam would have been here tonight if she could, but I think that she's on vacation somewhere. Okay, I think that she's on vacation or else she would have been here and I'm sure that she'll uh, see the video of this or something and we can forward it to her as well. Um, looking at the packet that you put together, it's crazy to think that it, this was formally signed on the 22nd of February, 2022, so almost right. a year ago. Um, I know that I just came on about a year ago, but I think this is something that you all wanted to do for a long time, so it's great that we were able to make that happen. So thank you so much for partnering with us and making it a smooth transition to get everything going. I'm sure that we'll look in the future to see if we can do something like it again and uh, keep the work going. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you too. And I'll, or I think we have it digitally in the packet, but there's an extra one of the printed ones, Luis, if we wanted to give it to Pam.
I think she'd want a printed one, yeah. <laughs> so we can pat ourselves on the back. We did something That's awesome. true. That's true. We did. Yeah, it, uh, I remember reading the, on, I think in the Encore article, it has a little bit of a synopsis. And uh, not that we do any of this to feel good, but it did make me feel good that we were able to change things for people. So yes, thank you. Thank you again for making that. Yeah. We appreciate you too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hmm? Um, if you, if we want to do it again, we haven't talked about it yet. Um, it, I don't think it's up in here as a conversation uh, point, but we could talk about it in March. But yeah, I had the same thought when I also saw the date and went, oh, that's almost, <laughs> that's, it's almost an anniversary. So um, I think it uh, should go on the March agenda to talk about for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Approval of minutes. <laughs> Going a little bit backwards from the way that we normally do things. Uh, so these will be the minutes from December 14th. Luis, I didn't see any note on here about how it was my sister's birthday, and it doesn't matter that I said happy birthday because she's not watching. I didn't see that noted down. Sincerest apologies. <laughs> about the middle of the paragraph where the first work stop there will workshop there will be a 12 participant gap I guess I didn't understand that probably supposed to be cap so I'll correct it what's the word cap I'm supposing cap okay I, I, I tried I knew it had to be a different word and I couldn't think what it would be good catch uh, were there any other questions or little updates, Kyle? Did you see anything? <laughs> um, it was just capitalization, bolding, and tabs, which I don't know if they really matter that much. <laughs> um, if everybody is okay with the um, 6G uh, update to change gap to cap. Um, I just need a motion to approve the minutes as amended. I approve as amended. All right, second. Second. All right. Uh, public comments. I guess we technically still had already had them, but is, is there anything else? I would have interpreted that as more of a guess, but I'll well, that's just because I forgot Fair. about it. But yeah. No. I okay. All right. Then uh, financial report. Yeah, as I noted in the email, I'm not sure what happened with the generation of the financial report. Report. Sorry, I'm scrolling so much. Uh, 
this year, this month rather. So looks like I didn't include it. Um, everything was just zeros on it, and I think it was a computer glitch. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was a rollover thing going into the new year or not. Um, we reached out, and no one had a firm answer for us. So I can just provide an updated report with next month's packet um, that hopefully reflects accurate balances. Thanks, Felice. Yep. Um, all right. Discussion and action items. The wonderful annual report that Luis put together. Um, Luis, do you want to talk about it a little bit? or? Yeah. Uh, reading it right now, I can see that I have one left holdover from last year's report. Obviously, I just used the same template, so I apologize for the COVID-19 language because I don't think it's terribly relevant anymore. So I will scratch that second paragraph um, upon editing. I brought it to us this month because it was supposed to be submitted to the city commission or the city clerk rather by March 1st. So this would be the last chance uh, for us to look at it before it goes on. So please excuse the edits. I probably wrote in haste some of the time. Um, pretty standard stuff. We did not write a book this last year, but we did sell the rest of our stock of the book to, to uh, Kazoo Books. Um, which I guess is supporting historic publications and just historic booksellers in general. Um, there were three nominations of properties to the National Register of Historic Places, which I thought was great. I have the letters hanging in my office because I just love them so much. It's very cool to be able to look at them. Parkland Village, the Upjohn um, building, office building, and the Gibson Guitar and office building. So I think that you know, take some time to reflect on that. I think that's awesome that we were able to do that. Those are three great unique buildings that show three completely different sides of the built fabric here in Kalamazoo, um, which is just really awesome to me. Uh, as far as education went, um, I think that's where we're at. Yeah, this language is also just taken from the ordinance, so if there's edits that you guys want me to make to the format as well, I can certainly do that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I thought about when I came on board, and it seems like something that we're also interested in, in is looking at um, obviously increasing diversity and inclusion in historic preservation and being able to tell a holistic and comprehensive story of the city of Kalamazoo. And I think that that's been ongoing through the DEI uh, subcommittee that we have working with SHARE. Um, and I think that as we continue to go on, I'm sure that we'll try to find new ways to do that in more effective manners as well, and the CURPEC things um, too. Educationally, um, in other avenues, we did not hold any workshops this year, but we are holding them this year, which I'm very happy about, and we did have gravestone cleanings, which I consider to be an educational activity. Um, I don't know if other people do, but I do. We did have the Historic Preservation Awards of Merit this year, which I was happy about, and we were able to have them in person, which I thought was great, and we were able to have them at KNAC, which I also thought was great, as they wanted to host us before, and we were able to go there. Um, Looking forward to those again this year. Side note, I'll be putting out the call for nominations for that at the end of this month, or month at the end of this week. So I will share that with all of you and um, try to use my networks to get that widely distributed as well so we can cast a wide net and see who we can get that's interested in applying for those awards. Um, there's language here about the 106 agreement um, and just looking at what I reviewed. 
Inventory Kalamazoo 2022, a nice rhyme, is another thing that we're obviously engaged in. Didn't make as large of a dent in this uh, last year as I wanted to, but hopefully moving forward, we'll be able to do more with this and, and, and tackle it down a little bit more. Um, I, in my opinion, embarking upon a project like this that's so large does not give us the opportunity to celebrate uh, in a timely manner because of the size of the project. So I think that moving forward, there will need to be a very distinct phase approach that's implemented so we can take the time to step back and celebrate when we do complete a neighborhood or a smaller section, um, have something to share with SHPO and have something to reflect on and evaluate ourselves. Otherwise, I fear that we'll be spinning our wheels for a while and I don't want that to happen and I don't want the morale to go down on a project like this because it is important. It's truly the basis of all preservation work um, at any level. So I, I think that that's gonna be the smarter move for us to get more bite-sized um, chunks, if you will. Um, as Caitlin just came in and said, we launched something this year that was completely novel and that is being able to gift and grant money. Um, as Caitlin just so nicely presented to us, they did get $10,000 and they did use that money to help with their critical home repair program. And I think that's great because it also supports preservation in a non-traditional manner, um, at least different than what I think most people think of when they think preservation. We're also able to do it outside of a lot of historic districts, which I also think is great because so much of the work that I think about is confined to those five areas and those 2,000 properties, when in reality there's properties that are at least 50 years or older throughout the city, and I think that they all deserve to be uh, looked at and, and cherished as well because they are all very special and they all also tell different stories. As you guys were alluding to, I hope that we can do something like that again, and only time will tell, obviously. Um, and we are also working to get the granting program off the ground here soon as well, and hopefully that'll also you know, do good work for other um, partners within the community nonprofits obviously, and, and help them preserve old buildings. There were no workshops, as I said, but we are working on it. I think that, you know, we were just, uh, we were regrouping last year. That's a very good way to put it. Brave Issue Squad, as I alluded to earlier, so I can erase one of the instances of this, um, we did have two cleanings. I can't remember the exact number, so I'll find it, but it was well over 20. I want to say 27 off the top of my head. I think we had 15 at one and 12 at the other, but I would like to verify those numbers. Now we get down to the, the, uh, the concerns and recommendations, and I wanted to reach out to you all for help because I don't want to speak on your behalf regarding concerns that we have. So um, I don't know how you want to do it, but uh, I guess I'll just open up the floor now to see if anyone has any concerns that they think are worth putting into the annual report. Um, that the HPC, HPC feels there are with preservation in the city, specific sites, and I think otherwise too is a fine thing to have a concern about general or, or groups. And you don't have to dig deep and find anything if you don't find that there are any legitimate concerns. Um. What if we think of some uh, and then think of more later? When do you want to submit this? If you guys could get me concerns by uh, mid next week, so Wednesday next week, that'd be great. Okay. End of business. Okay. I mean, I think uh, some of the concerns that we've had in the past, uh, 
I, I guess we haven't talked collectively necessarily about what concerns might be. Um, I think that probably still the land on the corner of Drake and Stadium with the railroad abutment might continue to be a concern, but the house is lost now. That was torn down. So um, we, we haven't as much been, been looking at those sorts of things. Uh, I mean, I have a few in my head, but <laughs> I would be speaking for myself and not, not necessarily for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think uh, when it comes to recommendations, um, recommendations specifically for sites or well, does anyone else have any concerns? Yeah, that sorry. Like to voice? There, um, at our last Sarah board meeting, was brought up about Kalamazoo Avenue being closed off, barricaded. I didn't quite understand it totally, but it has to do with the reconfiguration by Coleman Soles. And again, that might be a realm of transportation and stuff, but it does affect the land and stuff in that area around it and the homes behind the St. Augustine Church um, will be impacted, especially if some powers of be get the stadium in that they they've been pushing pretty hard for. It's supposed to be a stadium in where that funeral home is on Kalamazoo and Michigan. I, I can't speak for anything, but I, I do not anticipate that Kalamazoo will ever be permanently closed. So I, maybe I misunderstood what you were saying, but I don't well, think that we could close that. it was brought up as far as uh, using that Michigan for buses Jay talked to us about that. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I don't know if that's a concrete enough thing to it's in the to, works. It's to hedge. Yeah, and I, again, I can't speak to it. Okay. Um, it's just bouncing around up there. Yeah. It's like everybody kind of went, what? You know, they're, they're making it two-way, Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what their thinking was. One idea was to close off the end of that by just past the railroad tracks. So I guess I'm mis I, I don't understand. Close off Kalamazoo. Do you mean at where Michigan? You mean close Michigan? I understood it, but I don't I think that we could close Kalamazoo personally well, because yeah, it's a main thoroughfare. Look at how much of an artery it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Kalamazoo is going to close. Yeah. No, at all. But I don't. Again, I don't know because I'm not on the traffic side of things, so. But they're talking about that whole triangle of land there and what's gonna go along Michigan when once it's closed off because the streets go two way and um. Michigan is only a street that was invented in 65, if memory serves correctly, but so. Then, yeah, that's when they, that went when they went to one way streets. Is that streets. when they went one ways or 65? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yep. So it's not that old. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <clears throat> You're asking what we what concerns as the commission we could be looking. Wide interpretation, as wide as you all would like to make it. So I just think that in the next few years we really need to concentrate on some of the um, 
um, other um, cultures mm -hmm. that had derived out of Kalamazoo or implanted themselves mm -hmm. in Kalamazoo. And that's just something that, um, you know, we're working toward mm -hmm. and to be able to work with other organizations in the area so that we could elevate those cultures as well. Certainly. Isn't there a carryover list at one of the ends of the reports, even from Sharon's time, like she'd highlighted which ones we'd done tours of? Is that something we need to think about in this circumstance? I think it could be looked at like that, certainly. It becomes interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could find it and share it with you all, yeah. Those were certainly properties that were, I think, primarily downtown that were vacant and then were becoming occupied um, as time went on. I think there, there is an even further back list that we may have gotten rid of in a rework of the packet long before Luis, P BL, before Luis. Um, so I think uh, there were some, there was like a mix of that list along with other properties that were like concerns because of like development or a lot of schools were listed on there because KPS was doing a lot of like um, construction work or planning out of things. So um, there, I think there's two lists that we could potentially draw on if we wanted to, to look at and see if that is still something that, that uh, we agree with, <laughs> more or less. I just figured if there's a starting point, then it's easier than just trying to yeah. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. You guys don't have to be put on the spot either by any means. Like Regina asked, if you guys want to send stuff to me and have time to be able to mull it over by yourselves as well, um, feel free to do so. Yeah, you said mid next week? Wednesday, end of business. Thank if you. you all could. Yes. Oh, yep. Luis. All right. Wednesday, end We can just call it. Mid you guys can have till. 11.59 Wednesday, because you all work, and I'm not going to try to, I forget that this is my job, <laughs> and it's not your guys' job, so. Well, thank you, Luis. Yes. I, I will send it to you, even if it means I'm just sending the email to send at, like, 11.59. <laughs> yeah, I might be asleep, but <laughs> I'll set it to send I, I certainly will be. And then any recommendations, and again, I don't think that we need to confine ourselves to, to think about this in any way, but recommendations mm -hmm. probably that align with the duties that are given to us by the ordinance that you all can think of. And again, you can, this can be the same email if you guys wanted to. If you guys could just put headings that say concerns and recommendations, please. Yeah, did, um, did anybody want to share any now? Or are you thinking... This is a molar of mine, which I have been doing since Louise sent out the <laughs> report. So uh, I will probably be an emailer. But if anybody else has thoughts that they'd want to throw out. I've got something about Historic Preservation Month and coordinating with neighborhoods. Mm 
-hmm. what can be done in the neighborhood to accentuate Historic Preservation Month. I know we're got the clock fixed at Woodward School, mm -hmm. and I'll communicate with you with that, but we're planning a presentation about that, and I just wondered if there's a way to dovetail that with um, the Historic Preservation Commission. Um, uh, I don't know what's the procedure about linking those two together. Uh, just do it. I think that you all here have the power to make the creations in that realm um, regarding the neighborhood level of things. I do think that it's great to try to look at it at the more granular level of the neighborhoods because each one is unique, right? So being able to highlight those separate things that are important to the neighborhoods would be a great idea. Um, I, I'm, so I guess as, as ideas become more conceptualized and you think things out, um, you could certainly pose to the commission hope for research for that if you guys wanted to, if you're gonna be looking at giving a talk and, and as you flesh it out more, I think that could be certainly something that you present to the commission for support from your fellow commissioners. Okay. But I think that's a great idea because each of the neighborhoods is, each of the neighborhoods is inherently different and each of the uh, historic districts is, is inherently different as well. Well, if nobody has anything else, um, that I want to add to uh, the report now, be sure to send Luis by end of literal day um, next Wednesday uh, uh, your, your concerns and recommendations. He would appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Luis, for putting it together, too. Of course. Um, so if that is all for that one, then next we have the very exciting officer elections, because this is my second to last meeting, <laughs> technically. <laughs> um, Before so, we move on, oh, um, yeah. I know you said you're still editing, but I did notice that in the conclusion there's a sentence that's literally just Kalamazoo, like period, Kalamazoo, period. I just think it's some moving, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll go through and edit it. And then also um, in the appendix, um, didn't we have an individual award? I feel like we're missing. Yes, you're right, Pat Henry's. I need to put yeah. that on there. Okay. Thank you. And sorry, just to add on to Kyle, there's like, you're going to go through it, I know, but there's a lot of like gear mix ups. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Gear mix ups, you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah like where it says, see next page for. 2020, yes. 2021 <laughs> Uh, as Regina was saying, though, uh, we did neglect to have the elections last year. This will be my first time as you all go ahead and do elections. Regina, as she also mentioned, this is her second to last meeting, and so we'll be losing a commissioner and a chair. Um, I did not anticipate not having a meeting last month. I also did not 
plan to have the elections last month, so that doesn't really matter. I did, however, plan that um, it would be great if the new chair would kind of be able to have Regina as a safety at their first meeting and Regina's last to help guide them through some things as they uh, leave their first meeting. Um, so that's why we're doing them this month instead of last month, which would be Regina's last. Um, just some background on the entire situation for you all. And um, has there been applications for new board or new commissioners? Or do we need to put a call out or how does that? I think it's in the works right now. To be honest, I'm not all the way sure. I know that CPED had a lot of positions for different boards that we were looking to get positions for. Uh, this hat was in that arena, but I'm not sure if anything's been submitted thus far. So probably in the coming weeks, I will um, go back to that with a little bit more intensity and say that we need to put out the call. Um, I was probably being a little bit too lax on it because I knew that we were going to have Regina for this last month anyways. So um, it becomes very tight when we get down to six commissioners because this board requires quorum of five. That's not to say that's not something that we couldn't change in the bylaws, but as it stands right now, and for any business to be conducted at all, we need to have at least five. So that means you only have a padding of one. So that's a, a very good point that you bring up, Catherine. Uh, so technically, Luis, you call for a motion from the floor. Me? Yeah. Remember? We did all of our Robert's Rules sleuthing, and we figured out how to do it. <laughs> I know, but I don't think that I'm technically part of it at all. No, I, well, okay. Do you want me to do it then? Okay. Uh, so, uh, we're going to do chair first. So, um, how we'll do it is, uh, unless everybody wants to do a ballot, a ballot vote, we'll do a voice vote. Uh, and, you know run down the line like we normally would, which I think that, Luis, you do. I'll do lead, the yeah. um, And you can nominate yourself. You can nominate somebody else. If somebody else has nominated you and you're like, no, thank you, uh, then you can say no thank you. <laughs> and uh, we'll go until we get a new chair and a new vice chair. So Please don't elect Regina, obviously, because she won't be here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Months. I won't and count. <laughs> I guess I would say if we don't come to a consensus this month, we could always push it again till next month. Mm -hmm. I am not sure on the rules of voting for Patrick right now as he is not present. That would mean that he's not able to decline a nomination. So I, just to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, he can't decline, so there's right. that too. <laughs> I'm just, just, just bringing it up, so without yeah. further ado, you can, yeah. you can march on. Um, yeah, so if we, if we don't, uh, why don't we try it out, see if there is a uh, motion to nominate uh, anybody for the position of chair of the Preservation Commission, um, and then we'll go from there and see where we get. I move to nominate Kyle for chair. I second. I think you have to approve or not. Yeah. Kyle, what are your feelings? You accept the nomination? I think 
figured this might be coming. <laughs> and I hesitate to accept just because um, I have a lot of change happening in my life at the moment, so I don't want to commit to something I don't feel like I might even be here to fulfill. <laughs> so I would be more comfortable staying as vice chair, but if no one else wants to take chair, I will assume the duties and we can deal with changes as we need to later. That is very kind of you. So with, with that being said, though, um, and for anybody who's concerned about being chair, uh, I mean, really, the main thing is just running the meeting and making sure that, you know, we hit all our points and that we're okay. Sometimes you have to talk to Luis, um, but, you know, you do that anyways. So yeah, gross. Uh, yeah, I know. It's rough. Uh, so... Uh, if, you know, if anybody's concerned about that end of things, it's really not, it's not too difficult. But um, Kyle, since you are the one that has been nominated, does anybody else want to nominate someone for chair in light of what Kyle shared? Oh, man. No? Okay, so... Do you want to accept? Because you, you can't. Let's do you it. Can't. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So then is everybody comfortable with a voice uh, roll call vote? All right. You're up, Luis. Dr. Powell Wilson? Yes. Walker? Yes. Edison? Yes. Gorham? Yes. Hibbard? And I abstain. You can nominate yourself. I feel like you could vote for yourself. It's allowed. <laughs> Should go over those Roberts rules, maybe. <laughs> it's coming. When's that retreat? <laughs> it's coming. Yes. And White. Yes. Okay. So Hibbert did accept the nomination and was duly elected to the position of chair. Thank you. Congratulations. I forgot the, um, I forgot the other gavel tonight. I will bring it, uh, Sharon's gavel. I still, I have Sharon's gavel. I'll bring it to the next meeting. That also means that he gave up the vice chair seat. So what a lateral move. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so, well, and technically, I guess I don't run the meeting anymore because now Kyle's chair. This How do you true. feel about that, Kyle? Is it effective tonight? <laughs> technically effective. Technically, yes. <laughs> You're like, I didn't sign up for that. I don't. <laughs> I'm used to being the backup. But I think that if yeah. it, whatever we're comfortable with for the rest of this meeting will be okay. Yeah, I leave it up to you. I'll defer. Okay. I don't have to change right. seats or anything. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep going. Uh, so then is there a nomination for uh, vice chair? I nominate Ryan. How does Ryan feel? I accept. <laughs> All right. 
So, to a roll call vote again. Does someone need to second it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I forgot I'll second. That. Thank you, Catherine. Mm -hmm. See, I'm already, I'm like, I'm out. I don't have to remember how to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's Kyle's job now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Let me see. laughs> if there are no other nominations. Yeah, sorry. Is there anyone else? Dr. Powell Wilson? Yes. Walker? Yes. Edison? Yes. Gorham? Yes. Hibbard? Yes. And White? Yes. So, you have been elected. We have a new chair and vice chair. And I'll be in touch with both of you following up and we can meet as necessary to discuss what this means for both of you. Thank you both for accepting the nominations and, and uh, stepping up to those roles. I do appreciate it. We still have to reschedule our great squad <laughs> subcommittee meeting. So. Same crew. It is. Wow. And if if you need any, I mean, it's not that difficult. But if you want to talk over anything, let me know about chair chairing. <laughs> so, or vice chairing, because I've done both of those now. So, <laughs> just let me know. I have a question. Are we on term? Mm -hmm. So I'm at the end of my second consecutive term of three years. So you can serve two consecutive three-year terms in a row, and then you have to rotate off for a year. It gets I think. easy after that. Yeah, I would need to go back and check the ordinance. Yeah, right? there's the, check the ordinance, but you have to be off of the commission. I could reapply, or anybody could reapply to be on the commission. Truly inferred. That is inferred. I don't, I don't think that that's explicitly stated. That's true. Yeah. Um, because you still have to be accepted, of course, by the commission and then appointed again by the mayor. So it's, yeah. And I can we send a list out to all with where their terms stand right now. Uh, not now, but I can send that out tomorrow. I know I started taking over someone else's term. You did. You were in between. Um, it was Josh's. Josh would have been done at the same time as me because you came on when Josh left Michigan, I think. I no? was here before that. You were here before that? Oh, man. And I can pull that all up and send it out for all Mem of us to look Memory's at. hard. Well, you know, that's why I was asking because I think... Coming up on year four, because I was I was here. You're still good. You only have to worry when you hit your six. And like I said, I can <laughs> I'll, I'll pull it off. Watch your six. Yeah, watch your six. <laughs> so there's no uncertainty that I have that Shannon prepared because all of you started. Well, not all of you started. Patrick and Ryan started after I started, but everyone else started before I started. So I'll pull it mm -hmm. up and look where we all stand. How long have I been chair? Um, since, well, since Josh left, I don't, yeah, Josh was the last chair. I was Josh's vice chair. So, a couple years. I was, was Josh chair going into COVID? I, right? That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, there you go. August. <laughs> Not very long, yeah. Not very long, technically. Uh, okay, so back to Luis. 
second half 2022 106 report. Yeah, and I didn't do quarters this time. I just did halves because halves is what I submit to SHPO, so I wanted you guys to get the real McCoy. Um, I don't think that there's really anything that's of note. I did try to go through and make it look pretty this time because it was making me go crazy last time, so I tried to make everything consistent. Um, I'm not going to read this all out to you. I trust that you all read it prior to the meeting, so if there's any questions that you all have about anything, I'd be more than happy to field those questions. Your report already answered the question I had when I initially saw it, which was, why are there so many? Yeah. But <laughs> all I had to do was read it. So um, did anybody have any questions for Luis on any part of the Section 106? I guess I do, considering the Community Homeworks representative was here. But how do these properties coincide with the Community Homeworks, or do they? or could they? They can, so any property that's listed CHW or Community Homeworks is a Community Homeworks project using funds that they were given by the federal government that were also found to be National Register eligible or within any level of a historic district, which usually overlap in Kalamazoo anyways. One development that I found this year is that the SHPO does not recognize potentially historic study areas, so I do not recognize them anymore either, which significantly cuts down the list of things that need to have true 106 review or that I have purview over reviewing um, and providing a recommendation for. Um, so that's just something to consider. Does anybody have any other questions? That was a good one, Ryan. Just what does KNHS stand for? Comes in Neighborhood Housing Services. And okay, I'm sorry. I, I wondered that for a while. Should have asked before. I think. No, not a problem. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I didn't put a, a key at the top of it. And I guess to go back to Ryan's question too, I don't know if you were asking about if both of the funds are going to be used on the same one. I can't think off the top of my head if there's O'Connor funds used on the same projects that would have been using federal funds. I'm not sure about those funding mechanisms and what restrictions they have on their end. I do know that anytime they were using those O'Connor funds, they did adhere to pretty much the Secretary, or to the Secretary of the Interior standards. So something mm -hmm. like demolishing a house, that's the easiest example that I can think of, would not have been an approved project to use the O'Connor funds on. Um, But yeah, obviously from looking at the report, and like I said, CHW is Community Homeworks. They are one of the biggest contributors to um, this list, certainly. Yeah. I have an adjacent question. Yes. Okay, so um, do you know, I'm assuming that the federal funds that they're receiving for Community Homeworks are like, they need some sort of match? And if so, does the unrestricted funds, like a la the O'Connor Fund, count for that match? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I should have asked that about half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a, a dive that I could do and try to get some answers for that. Just curious, because that could, that, that's like a really tangible way to say that the, the $10,000 is being amplified like much further, if, that's, if that could be used Twice, for, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. if that could be um, used for match funds. I'm okay. not sure. We could I, email her. Yeah, Caitlin. maybe. I just am curious. No. Just 
I never okay. thought about it that way, but that does give a lot more leverage to the funds. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think that there were times when I was thinking that 10 grand isn't that much, but if you look at 20 grand is more than 10, and I think that just the impact of being able to use them in a creative way might mm -hmm. even up the value even more. Maybe not monetarily, but it does logistically um, right. when trying to figure out a project. And I think that Caitlin alluded to that as well when saying that there were creative solutions that they had to come up with when they were trying to solve some of these problems, and, and this helped. So maybe it can help more. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks. Another yeah, good you. question. All the good questions happening tonight. There's no bad questions. <laughs> They're all good. All right, Luis. <laughs> <laughs> People should always ask questions. That's true. Um, okay. Were there any other ones for section 106? Kind of dry, I recognize. Ah, uh, yeah, real dry. Um, so, next we'll go to the Historic Preservation Coordinator's report. Also, Luis. You're so popular, Luis. Yeah, this one's probably kind of dry too, and I apologize. I didn't have a lot to say, and I didn't just want to put in fluff pieces. Uh, we came to the end of the year, obviously. Um, who? We all made it through a year together, so I think that that is worth something, and I uh, maybe you guys haven't figured out by now, but I am big on celebrating things that you all do, and I think it's important to keep the morale up and recognize that you all are doing good work, so thank you all for a year of good work last year, and congratulations for making it through the year as commissioners and as people, so I do appreciate that. Um, obviously, there's some, some boring stuff, like we still need help with the, the survey. Um, and as I get more updates, I'll provide you all with them. Obviously, regarding moving forward, we did get some funding um, for analysis work. And as that continues to develop, I'll uh, continue to talk with you all about that. Um, this might be a good place for me, too, to say that we will be having the workshop this weekend, the first window workshop. Oh, how? Thank you, Lene, so much for the help that you put into that. We had 12 people sign up with rapid speed. I was pretty. Yep, we actually had 13, so there's one on a waiting list, but we can only take 12. I figured I'd keep one on the waiting list in case someone drops off, but I was really impressed with how fast we got filled up on that, um, especially considering how close we kind of were to the workshop happening when I was able to publish everything. So that's wonderful in my opinion, and I'm really looking forward to that, and hopefully it's one of many more that'll happen throughout the year. Um, I'm gonna put faith into the computer system, but if not, that's on my list for tomorrow is to email stuff out to people. So um, we were able to tap into Parks and Rec's re um, recreation. Those weren't mean air quotes, but I think that's just what it's called and it doesn't describe it, I don't think fully. But it's like a, their new sign-up system for all the park or uh, camps that they do. So we were able just to piggyback off that, which I thought was great, so we didn't have to set up any new software. Um, really excited about that. Next Monday, we're gonna have a standards and guideline update meeting. That doesn't necessarily apply to you all that much, except for its historic preservation. <laughs> it's more about the district side of things. You all are more than welcome to come if you would like. I know that it, well, I haven't told you yet, but it's on a Monday, so I know that that's maybe not the best or most fun night to come out to a meeting, but I thought that that was the best night um, just for scheduling and things like that. It'll be at the uh, Van Dusen Room at the Central Branch of the Kalamazoo Public Library at 6 p.m., so that's the 13th of February. I'll give a presentation just about, I 
hesitate to use the word audit, but kind of just a walkthrough that I did of the existing standards, things that I think are working, things that I don't think are working, and just kind of talk through that with the public and then allow them uh, some time to also comment and have some discourse regarding that. It's gonna be about a year long process for me to revise those standards, but hopefully when we come out at the end, we'll have a nice, pretty, efficient document that everyone's gonna be able to use to navigate the process of working on their historic homes in the city of Kalamazoo. Louise, backing up to the item before, uh, the window workshops in what building? It's at 916 South Park Street. And just to, um, I know it's Pam sent this email, and I'm sure that you've already thought about this extensively, but for the HDC guideline updating, I'm sure they'll still abide all the CLG requirements, so we maintain that. Yeah, I'm glad that Pam emailed me because that wasn't one that I thought about. So I will have to reach out to the CLG. Becomes more of a philosophical question when I've been looking at the HDC things more and more. Ultimately, you do not have a lot of room to wiggle. I don't yeah. mean that in a. I don't mean that in any way than just being completely um, transparent with you all that you are completely beholden to the Secretary of the Interior standards generally by enabling laws. And then you are also beholden to um, the ordinance. So I think that there are some things that can certainly be changed. Um, but I have pretty good faith that we'll still be aligning with everything. I spoke with Alan Higgins and I spoke with Amy Arnold at Shipbo, and I will be sending them the versions that we come up with because ultimately they have to sign off on them before we can start to use them. Um, so. Thank you, Pam, for bringing that to my attention because I do obviously want to be in compliance with everything and make sure that everything's tip-top before we get moving on them. Um, my main goal is to make something that I think is up with the times. There's new technologies that have come out. Just one off the top of my head is like solar energy is not anticipated at all before. I think that's a relatively low impact, reversible uh, change that can be made on certain faces of a building. Um, and the document just needs to be revised for readability as well. And I think that there needs to be instructions for people. Uh, I was telling someone today that I think about 90% of the people that I probably work with have gone through the process before, so it becomes second nature to them. They are contractors that know what they're doing or they're homeowners that have lived in the homes. The other 5%, this is me just making up numbers, reach out to me because they probably receive a letter when they move into their home in the historic district. Those last 5% though, which when you're looking at 2,000 properties, I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of people, they might not know what's going on. They might look at the standards and guidelines and get scared away from them because they don't know the process. I don't want that to happen, and I don't think that the historic district is a barrier for someone to, to work on their home or anything, and I also don't think that there's any firm no's it's never been my opinion that there should be firm no's built into the standards and guidelines. Um, by nature, a guideline is something that's just a guideline and it has to come to the Historic District Commission. Um, so it's never, you cannot do this, but it's the guideline probably would not suggest that you do this, but it does need to now go to the Historic District Commission for approval. Um, that was a long-winded answer, but yes. Uh, it uh, I think there. it's great. And I think it's, it'll be nice to have public comment and hear kind of what the pain points are yes. and from and you know, if you can decrease some of the communication issues and all that while still, you know, or whatever, whatever you can do, wiggle room to make it a, an easier work. While still, you know, of course, getting Amy and Alan's approval and all that. Yep. It's great. So Thanks. those are truly my hopes. Um, the last stuff on here is just the numbers. Um, I didn't put last year's, but we were pretty close. 
I'm not sure how good of an indicator that is sometimes, especially coming out of a pandemic, comparing numbers from year to year. These numbers are also gonna be radically different than when Sharon was here, because I think that there were things that I take to the commission that she didn't, and that she may be, well, I think it actually only goes that way. There's things that I take to the commission that she didn't, which I've come to accept as understandable in my new role. Um, so there's that. It's pretty much all the news that I have. Maybe I'll start putting pictures back into the coordinator's reports for you all because they, I, that was one of my favorite parts, so. I think we like them too. Okay, it's a nice little send off, you know. I do like the Happy New Year. Yeah. But that's noted in there in other news. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is other news. <laughs> All right, thank you, Luis. Does anybody have any follow up with Luis? Other than, I mean, we've kind of just been talking about it, so. <laughs> Okay, uh, are we on the commissioner comments? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Commissioner comments, does anybody have any comments? Just thank you to Regina for being our chair for the last bit here. You'll be missed. <laughs> thank you. And we'll see you next year, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. well, you'll see me next month still. But. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but then a month, one year from then, then Right, right, year. right. <laughs> Big wink face for Louise. So. <laughs> no, Louise will be like, don't let her back on. I don't want to deal with her. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just want to be on the record. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, would anybody like to move to adjourn then if there's no other comments? I'll move to adjourn. All right. Fred, here. Bam! 708. We did it. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>